James chapter 3. And so we're going to be looking at the power of the tongue. And so it's just appropriate that we begin by praising and worshiping the Lord. You know, there's uh, a day coming, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Um, and yet we get to choose to do that. There'll be a time where it's just involuntary. You see, the, behold the glory of the Lord. It's an involuntary response. We're believing and choosing to worship the Lord. And there's power when we express praise. You know that, right? Many of you know that. You know, uh, it's been preached here for decades. There's power in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. That comes from uh, Proverbs 18. There's life and there's death in the power of the tongue. And so we're going to be in James chapter 3. Uh, if you have kids, we do have uh, children's ministry for uh, you know, toddlers to elementary. There's a nursery, a toddler room, elementary age. If you go back that way, somebody will help you figure it out. And, uh, or you're welcome to keep your, your children in here with you. Uh, we love the, the children, and we don't, we don't get uh, worked up, you know, if they get a little rowdy or restless or upset. Um, so in James chapter 3, I really just want to start by reading the first 12 verses. If you have your Bible, you have it on your phone, you can turn there. And we're going to just kind of survey our whole passage, and we're going to discuss this and break this down. And sometimes when I get up here, I feel like, man, I just... I preach the same things I've always preached. I use the same verses or I, I hit on the same stuff. But uh, I love working through just a book of the Bible because I was just assigned this passage. It, I didn't choose it. It wasn't like a pet project of mine. It was just in God's wisdom. We work through his word and we address the things that we come to. Um, so James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed. Which, that's cool. I wonder if they had like a sea world. That's what I thought, like, sea creatures. I want to see that. Oh, you can't, sea world's bad now, but uh, anyway. They were taming sea creatures. Sea creatures can be tamed. Reptiles tamed. All kinds of animals, birds, and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. We who have been made in God's likeness who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear, frigs, bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I want to pray before we begin. And uh, also I'm going to pray for our brother Brian Peake. Uh, Brian late in the week he was having some or he had been having some chest pains and he went into the doctor he's actually having a heart cath 
this morning. Uh, he had some swelling in his leg, and he's had some stuff going on. So he's had open heart surgery before. Um, and so let's pray for him. We know he's doing a good work, and God's working through him in his, his job and his ministry, and we just want to lift him up. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we first of all come to you as we open your word, and we ask for your hand upon this. We ask for your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us. We ask for truth to be declared, lead us to all truth. Help us to have insight and understanding into our own lives and into the world around us. Give us courage, bravery, and discipline to walk out the truths that we see revealed here, Lord. And we also lift up our brother Brian to you, Lord. We say that your stripes, by your stripes, he's healed. You're the punishment that brought us peace is on you. Your punishment did something for his life. And we pray healing. We declare healing over him, God. We ask you to be with the doctors and the nurses, the staff. Give them insight. Um, and let him overcome whatever it is that's bothering him. Let it be rooted out and healed. You knit his body together in his mother's womb. And we ask you to put the broken parts back together, God. To heal it, to restore it, to renew it. That he can go and continue in even more power and more might and more energy. The work that you've given him to do, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this passage is, is talking about the tongue. And there's three things really that... Uh, stood out to me, or three sections, I guess. Uh, first of all, um, the, tongue is, we're, the tongue is accountable. We're accountable for our tongue. Do you see that there? Especially teachers. Uh, there's a warning here, and it makes me tremble uh, a little bit as I'm somebody who's up here teaching. Um, teachers will be judged more strictly. There's, there's accountability for all of us, you all have a tongue. There's accountability for all of us. Uh, and Jesus pointed this out in Matthew 12, 37 and 38. I about got it memorized. I'm going to read it. Because um, he said, uh, well, for, uh, 12, 36, I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. Well, that's heavy. All right, just real. Let's just think about our week, okay? We don't even have to think about our whole life. Let's think about the words that were spoken. Were there idle words? Were there words that stand over us and, and condemn us? He said, by your words you'll be acquitted. By our confession, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the truth, proclaiming our, confessing our beliefs, and praising, God's, praising God, we are acquitted. But our words, we are accountable for the words that we speak. There is a weightiness to the words that you speak. And teachers, even more so. There's an accountability to how we use our tongue. And the reason that is, is the next section, it talks about the power of the tongue. He references a bit in the mouth of, mouth of a horse. A horse is a powerful animal, right? Have you ever been around a horse? Like, you had a horse come bearing down at you, running hard, like, uh, moving in your direction quickly? You kind of, there's, there's some fear uh, that you might experience. Even I'm a large person, but, uh, you know, You've got to respect the power of a horse, and a horse can be controlled by a bit that's put into their mouth. 
the rudder of a ship. And it's referencing a big ship. You know, I like boats. Usually I'm in like a little canoe or kayak or maybe a paddleboard. But he's talking about large ships can be controlled. Their course can be directed by a rudder and fire. A small spark can set off a huge forest fire. You know, you can watch the news. You could Last year, was it Australia? Was had a bunch of forest fires. You can see that stuff. Usually that starts with a small spark. And it's not exaggeration to say that our words are comparable to those items. There's a weightiness to the words that we speak. And also, there's a tendency to inconsistency. Right? There's a tendency to inconsistency. I was doing some research, looking things up, doing some searches, and I came across this. There's a video uh, that came out. It was like a silent video, and it was showing this family, and you can look it up. It was published by Desiring God. Um, and there were no words spoken, but you could see people, you, you could see that they were speaking words. And it was a family, and it was, you know, a husband being harsh with his wife, and the wife uh, then being impatient with the daughter, and the daughter mouthing off to the wife, and then the wife comes back at the husband. And it's just this cycle of intensity and harshness and, and uh, this, this, these fires being spoken and these words directing the course of this family. And then in the end, you know, they're arguing, they're getting in the car, and they end up driving to church, and then you see them, you know, smiling and talking kindly and worshiping, you know, and, and um, you know, most of you can probably relate to something like that. You've had instances like that, stressful mornings, trying to even just to get to church. And there can be an inconsistency. There's a tendency for inconsistency, which requires discipline. And we're accountable to how we discipline our tongue. Now, we have a helper, don't we? Praise the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. But we don't want to quench the Spirit, right? The Spirit will lead us. It will prompt us. It will direct us. Say these things. Don't say that. How many of you have typed something in a text message or response or on social media, and then you just kind of leave it there and you come back and delete it or just hope it goes away? You don't send it, right? Does, it, does that happen to you guys? The Holy Spirit checks me uh, sometimes, and I, sometimes I listen. The Holy Spirit prompts me sometimes. Somebody will come to my mind in a verse or a word, uh, an encouraging word maybe, hopefully, or a word of warning even, perhaps. I'm careful with those. Um, and I'll, be, I'll feel called to speak to them. And when I obey, a lot of times people say, how do you know? Not that I'm special by any means. They'll say, who told you that? Were you talking to somebody? The Holy Spirit knows. God is giving us assignments. You know, in Ephesians, I love uh, Ephesians, you know, we're saved by faith through grace, not of your own works that no man can boast. It also says that we are the workmanship or the poet, the poem of Christ Jesus, uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance. And that includes our words. God has words for you to speak that are part of your assignment on this earth. And you have to have the discipline to be brave. And you have to have the discipline also then to refrain or to restrain yourself when you have words that want to come out that you ought not to say. You know, speech is, on, is a big topic today in our society, right? Uh, we have, you know, new, new ways to communicate, new ways to speak. 
So we want to, we're wrestling with our people in power, talking about ways to control it, ways to, to uh, moderate it, ways to, uh, uh, what are they going to allow, what are they going to censor, what are they going to remove, what are they going to keep. And uh, I wish, we need to pray for those people, because I wish it was based on truth, but a lot of times it's based on the ideology of the people in control, right? But we need to consider and understand, and I guess we could really go back to Genesis to understand where all this comes from. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, we witness the power of words, do we not? We witness the power of words. In the beginning, God created. And how did he create? He spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was light. There is power in the spoken word. And you know what God did? He created everything. He saw that it was good. And then he made man in his image. We are created in God's image. And you know, the animals don't really talk, do they? They don't really communicate. They don't really speak. It's interesting to me like to, to look at and study, okay, how are we different? You know, we're, we're obviously distinct and unique in the way that we were created from the rest of creation. One of the ways is that God has given us language. And I know, like, you know, bees, like, they dance and tell each other, like, some good honey over here. There's some other stuff going on over there, you know, like, which would be a cool way to communicate. I feel like I'd be in a lot better shape, you know, uh, if I had to dance to talk. It's pretty easy to sit here and just say some words. Um, But God has given us the ability. He's made us in his image. And words... We see this from Genesis 1. Words create worlds. Right? It's true of God, and we're made in His image. He speaks, and a world is created. Louis Giglio did a really cool piece on that about universes, you know, flying out of his mouth onto the, onto the nothingness, onto the void. God speaks, and things happen, and He's created us in His image. Now, I want to challenge you. Some of you are not very happy with your little world. Some of you are unhappy with your world. You're unhappy with your home, your household, your job, your situation, your relationships. And if you do some reverse engineering, we might want to take a look at the words that we speak into our world or that we have spoken. We may need to repent. We may have been undisciplined with our tongue, and we've created... A cycle. We've created a world that doesn't look like the kingdom of God. Righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. And I would be willing to bet if we did some excavation and we got to the foundation and the root of things going on, we would come to our words. Either words that we have spoken that we need to repent of or perhaps words that other people have spoken, probably both. Words that we need healing from. And the antidote to this is God's word. God's word heals the harmful words that have been spoken over us. It's an antidote. It's a correction. And God's word trains us for godliness. That we don't speak the unwholesome words. Back to Ephesians, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. It's Ephesians 4.29. Look it up and memorize it. But only, let's read it. 
Yeah, only that would build up, right? I don't want to, I want to get it all the way right. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that what is helpful, only that what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Some say according to the moment, fitting for the moment, that it may benefit those who listen. There are words that can tear down and there's words that can build up. And Paul says in Ephesians, no unwholesome words, only what is helpful for the need at hand, that it may benefit those. We need to examine our lives. You know, in the wilderness, the Israelites, they go into the wilderness. We have all kinds of people who were fallen, right, who were flawed in the Old Testament. We've got David, for instance. We know his history with uh, both good and bad, his his, uh, accomplishments and his sins. And God restored and was able to use David. But in the wilderness, the Israelites grumbled, and they just had to die off. We just had to wait for them to get out of the way because God wouldn't work or didn't work or couldn't work, wouldn't work with the grumblers. Complaining, brothers and sisters, is a much more serious sin than we've been led to believe or we want to believe. I heard a pastor say that he won't, Listen to anyone talk about a problem unless they're an active participant in solving the problem. You know, I know people need to vent. Sometimes you have friends that, I have friends that I can lay things out to that I'm wrestling with, but they're going to come back to me with truth. They're going to come back to me with wisdom. They're going to come back to me with correction, maybe rebuke. And I welcome that. I welcome that. Don't let people just vent and vent and vent and vent with no, uh, no desire to change. You know, I, any of you guys been uh, roofers? I think about this when people talk about venting. Anybody been, Rusty's been a roofer, right? Sometimes I'll, I'm not much of a roofer. I'm not, um, were you, what was your, what was your title or your, he, okay. <laughs> he was like elite level, right? He passed his test, one try, the, both tests, right? Something like that. Anyway, uh, I'm just a grunt. And I'm not very good at that anymore. I do a lot of grunting, not a lot of working. I tried to load some shingles into my van last night. Like, I told Brandy, I was like, I used to carry two of these up a ladder. I can barely unload one. That's not true, but it, was, it wasn't as easy as it used to be. Sometimes I'll be working on a roof, right? I'll just be working, and I'll just get in the flow, and I'm not paying attention. And then it, all of a sudden, I'll be like, what is that smell? Does this ever happen? I don't know if that ever happened to you. What is that smell? And I'll look up just about six inches in front of my face, and there's a vent from their, their sewer vent or whatever, a vent for their, their drains, you know? Like, don't let people spew that stuff in your face. Get out of the way, right? Get out of the way. Venting, complaining, grumbling, if that's the, the mass of our message, you know, we're... We're in a mess. That kind of that kind of went together, didn't it? If that's the mass of our message, we're in a mess. All right? I love in the Bible where people are in a mess, and they choose to worship. And they see deliverance. When you're in a mess, you choose to worship. You choose to praise. You choose to give thanks. And God responds. Because your worlds, as made in his image, help to shape your world. You know, Satan is called, what's he called? He's called the father of lies, of lies. A lie is 
a form of speech, is it not? A lie is a, a type of words, a, a form of speech. It's untruthful speech. And God calls us to live in the truth, to walk in the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to see his kingdom, we need to consistently be speaking truth. And we need to consistently be restraining lies, flowing from our mouth and flowing into our ears. We need to be a gatekeeper. The mouth is the gate. One thing I was thinking is, uh, is if we're saying things, if we find ourselves saying things that we know that we shouldn't say, we will soon be finding ourselves doing things that we know we shouldn't do. And if we hold back from saying things that we know we should say, we will soon be holding back from doing things that we know we should do. Scripture tells us, uh, I was, maybe this is a, you got to follow me on this jump here, but Proverbs tells us that we are to be a voice for the voiceless. We are to use our voice to speak for those who don't have a voice. Uh, my wife's in a book club, and um, they meet together a couple, once every other month or something like that, and they choose a book and they read it, and it's just usually literature or something like that. I don't know what all they've done. And, um, you know, I, I, it was her time to pick, and they read, uh, I recommended this book, uh, mainly for one specific reason. It's called The Kite Runner. And I've been interested in Afghanistan and some of those things going on. And there's a terrible, horrific scene of, of assault and abuse uh, in this book. And the main character witnesses his friend who's like, uh, he'd be lower than him in society. He's more like a servant to, the, to this, this main character. And he witnesses this assault on this young boy. And he stands by and does nothing and says nothing. And when I read that, I was broken. I mean, I, I remember being emotional and crying and gripped. And the question that came to my heart is, how do I raise my kids that they'll speak up when they need to speak up and that they'll act even at their own harm when they need to act? And I don't, it's complicated. There's complicated issues. But we need to understand that we wield a powerful weapon with our tongue. And we not, we cannot be casual about how we use it. I like, I like to cut up. I like banter. Um, but the Lord has shaped me over the years, and is still, I'm a work in progress uh, on the things that I say. I don't want to be casual about the things that I say. Because words can shape people's lives. Many of you maybe remember um, painful words from childhood. Names or sentences or things that people said or spoke about you or about your family that have shaped you and you've altered the course of your life to avoid being called that or being seen as that or being labeled like that. Um, words can shape us. We need to let God's word shape us. We need to stand on that truth. You know, as I was thinking about this, um, James is mainly uh, giving a warning kind of of the negative impact of the tongue. And he says, uh, you know, um, no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. But the tongue is also a force for good. And, and I don't think James is denying that or he's, he's focusing on the negative part. I was thinking about um, 
you know, just how our society is trying to alter truth and change definitions of words and change uh, getting you to deny what your eyes see and your ears hear and to affirm things that you don't believe are true. Uh, maybe I'm not exaggerating to say these things, right? I was, these things are going on and I'm looking at society and I'm, I'm, uh, I've been a student of history. Uh, I've been really interested in uh, the Soviet Union and leading up times up to World War II uh, in church history and how the church responded. Uh, one of my favorite stories and characters is Richard Wormbrand and his wife Sabina. And you remember, unfortunately for Romania, the, the Nazis were, took, were in Romania and the Nazis were driven out and the vacuum of the, the power vacuum brought in the Soviets. And there was a time where they had a council of cults and they brought all the, the church leaders in Romania, or mainly the big ones, you remember, Jeff? You know the story. They brought them into this meeting, and they were telling them how they were going to have freedom of religion and all this stuff, and how, you know, there are many callers in the church or whatever that are coming to the church, and now the red has entered the church, like the communism is partnering with the church. And they were having leaders stand up and giving thanks, you know, and kind of puffing up the communist party and letting them know they wanted to work together and, you know, they were partners, and they were excited that they were there, and there was a lot of, um, uh, I think there were people saying things that they didn't fully believe. There were people saying things that they shouldn't say. There were pastors speaking things, and uh, the long and short of it is Sabina told her husband that she needed to get up there and wipe the spit off the face of Christ, and he said, if I go up there, you'll no longer have a husband, and she said, uh, Basically, I have no need for a coward of a husband or something along those lines. And he got up there and he preached the gospel. And he said we needed to reserve our praise alone for God, our thanks alone for God. And he spoke the truth when people were speaking little lies. And the building erupted in applause. Of course, it led to him, you know, spending a lot of time in prison and, and a crazy story. I encourage you to read that. But I was thinking about that. He spoke truth when it was convenient for people to twist the truth, just to, to alter the truth. They were intimidated into saying things that they didn't really believe. I, believe, I don't think they really believed it. Maybe some people were deluded or convinced, but they were afraid. And we need to have courage to say things that we know are true and to not say things that we know aren't true. I was thinking about the book of Daniel, and I never really thought about it this way. Kind of the two popular stories in the book of Daniel are Daniel and the lion's den, right? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Maybe I've thought about it before, but when I thought about it this week, it felt like a new thought, all right? Daniel, there was a decree that you have to, you can only worship, you know, what, Nebuchadnezzar? You can't worship any other gods. So here's what we have. We have... Uh, the, the state, the culture, the powerful people saying, you cannot say things, you cannot say things that you might want to say, and you cannot do things that you might want to do in your worship. And Daniel, he prayed to God. He knelt down three times a day. He would not stop saying the things that he knew were true. He would not stop speaking the things that he knew were true. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were to work, kneel down and worship. So they were commanded, you have to say these things, and you have to do these things. And they refused to do and say things 
that they knew were not true. That's powerful. And I'm, I hope I'm wrong. But this is a lesson I believe that we need for the coming days. We need to gird up our loins that we will speak things that we know are true and we will not be stopped from saying things and we will not say things under coercion or intimidation, under fear that we know are not true. You know, studying those times of history, I often think, how did a society come to this? How did Nazi Germany happen? How did the Holocaust happen? And it's because people didn't say things or they did say things that they knew weren't true. And I hope that I will do the things that I need to do in those times, but it begins by me saying the things. Because if I don't say the things that I should, I probably won't do the things that I should. And if I'm, uh, if I'm intimidated into saying things I shouldn't, I probably will be bullied into doing things I shouldn't do. Are you tracking with me? Does this feel relevant? This feels like a relevant word. I want to encourage you to take this message to heart. Examine your life. Examine your words. We need to discipline ourselves not to continually speak things that aren't true. Or maybe, maybe you have things in your life that appear true, but you're not looking at the truth of God's word, and we just moan and complain and grumble. Choose to worship. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing comes through the Word of God. When you use your voice with faith, when you speak the truth with faith, it's contagious. It's contagious. I love that story about uh, Richard Warmbrand because all these people were sitting there. Some of them were getting up and saying things. Some of them were sitting there silently, but when he spoke the truth, they applauded. There was faith that was built up from the hearing of the Word of God. You know, when, when I was a young man, first married, Brandy and I went to India. I was thinking about this, and I'm going to share it uh, as a part of a confession, I suppose, and, and hopefully an encouragement. We, we, went, to, we went to India, and um, some of the some of the ideology that's infiltrated, like our universities and, and coming out of those places. When I was gra- I graduated high school in 2000, um, some of those, those ways of thinking uh, were already beginning. You know, they were in the early stages. And I had friends, you know, who they were sor- sort of believers, but they were mockers, I guess would be a good definition for them. But they would talk about, like, they would use the term colonizers, you know. Like when we talked about missions, they would kind of dismiss it as, colonizer you're just bringing you know you're trying to colonize these other people groups you're trying to just bring your your politics or your government or your culture you're trying to destroy their culture and there were accusations and and um i think i was influenced by those words and when i i did speak the truth and i did share the gospel 
but my heart, uh, I, w- I felt like I was shaped a little bit by that. And I wanted to emphasize mercy, what they called mercy ministry, like giving people food and helping out their situation and, you know, giving them education and uh, that sort of thing, you know, meeting their needs. And I de-emphasized the preaching of the gospel part because that criticism, I kind of felt that. And I was changed by that. And I believe that's what the enemy, he wants to do. If you raise your voice for truth, there are people that will make accusations. And they'll call you, what do they have their words, you know? You're part of the patriarchy. You're, you're a colonizer. You know, you're a, you hate women. They'll say, they'll make accusations against you. I want to tell you, don't be afraid of those things. Don't be afraid and don't be shaped by accusations or uh, just like subtle spoken things. You need to stand and know God's word. And don't be influenced. Don't let your course be corrected or altered or changed because of words that aren't true. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, right? He masquerades as an angel of light. He's a father of lies. And he wants to bend. And he wants to twist. And he wants to turn. And he wants to alter the course of your life. He wants to shape your behavior. He wants to dull the impact that you'll have on the world. He wants you to use your words a little bit less. Maybe he won't stop you from believing. He won't stop you from fellowship. He won't stop you from uh, worship. But he'll stop you from evangelism. He'll stop you from speaking up. He'll stop you from speaking out. He'll stop you from going up and, and speaking to people when the Holy Spirit prompts you. And he'll put just a little bit of fear and a little bit of lie. Don't be intimidated. Decide. Decide. Consecrate your voice to the Lord. I'll serve the Lord and none other with my voice, with my actions, with my influence. Are you with me on that? If you want to do that, let's stand. Let's make, uh, do something with our bodies. I think maybe you should speak, yeah. You can speak after me. Declare with me. God, I desire your truth. I give you my tongue. I give you my words. Shape my heart with your word. And let your word shape my words. I might have many problems. My problems might be big. But you are bigger. I choose to worship you. I choose to praise you. I choose to speak truth and not lies. God help us. Amen. Now we're going to go into a time of communion. Uh, Oh, that felt weighty for me this week. God was...
God was speaking to me on that. And yes, please. Um, I heard something uh, it's been within the past month and, and I, I felt like I was supposed to share it with the body um, a, a, a well respected uh, minister I was listening to a, something he was sharing and he was, he was talking about um, groups that have faced persecution which we've not had that here but other countries and, and there were those Christians who um, thrived and, and persevered and made a difference. And then there were those who weren't, who didn't when persecution came. And he said the biggest thing, there was a group that did a study on these Christians. And I don't know how you do that kind of study, but people do. Um, the biggest thing that made the difference, if they persevered and made a difference and kept their faith, was those people were memorizing scripture and had, had scripture in their heart. And um, I just felt like that's a word for us that we need to be doing that, and we need to be memorizing. We're going to have a time of communion at four places around. Uh, we have the, the bread and the wine. We remember Christ's sacrifice, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed, and we believe that it has made a difference in our lives. My wife was talking to my kids about that today. That what Jesus did made, has made a difference in our lives, and we're trying to think about how our lives would be different without Jesus, um, which I'd rather not do. So as you, uh, you can reflect on God's word, you can pray, and if you're ready, either by yourself or with a group, you can take communion. We have a, a time of worship.
give a harvest of past a, a round of applause here. I know they went through a lot of work and a lot of effort to get this out today, so we appreciate them coming back. I'm going to go through a few announcements really quickly. Um, if um, First announcement, if you, we don't pass an offering box, so if, uh, if you would like to give tithes and offering, it's up here on the stage, or you can give online. You would go to the next one up. All right. Oh, T-shirts. Uh, Mary Teresa, is our, do we have, can we still order T-shirts or is that done? N no more. But if you did get a T-shirt, you have to pay. So, uh, and it is $10, is what it says. So no more ordering T-shirts, but if you got one, make sure you're praying. Uh, we are going to be starting prayer teams. Uh, you'll be praying Monday through Sunday, basically, for the service, for the people that are bringing the word, the people that are worshiping. We're going to start those here in a couple of weeks. We'll have an official sign-up in the back here, I think, next week or so. Um, so if you're being part of that, um, apparently you're supposed to contact me, but you can also sign up there. All right, VBS. Um, if you're wondering why our stage is so colorful and looks so cool today, um, where have you been? No, VBS. VBS is this week, all right? So it is starting tomorrow, uh, 6 to 8. Uh, is that Thursday or Friday? That's Thursday, right? 14? Yes, Thursday. So Monday through Thursday, 6 to 8. Um, I it was told to bring this board up here. So this board 
is all the things we still need, and tomorrow is when we are starting. The big thing that we really need is food. So um, what they would like you to do is grab one of these tablets, cards, whatever you want to say, and buy what's on your card, and they would like it by noon tomorrow if possible. Um, so you want to bring it into the office, take it downstairs, preferably to the office so we know it's here, um, and then we will get it taken care of. So we really need this food. We have a bunch of kids coming. Uh, we would like to feed the kids. We'd like to feed the people that are helping. So um, I'm gonna, this is going to be back there um, underneath the shelves or right in front of the shelves. So grab a card, get your stuff, bring it in so all these kids can eat because they can eat. Um, all right, fish fry. Oh, we have fish fry still. Uh, fish fry, that is Friday, uh, this Friday. So at 6.30 downstairs, bring a side dish. Uh, we provide the fish. Is that you, Virgil? Will you fry it? Okay, Virgil's frying it, so you, we can trust it, I think. I, I think that'll be all right. Um, all right, and then we're going back to school soon. So Monday, July 25th, we are going to rent out the pool. So uh, prepare yourselves for that. It's at 6.30 to uh, 8.30. Uh, there is no cost, so just show up. Bring yourselves, bring your children, bring the people that you know that have children. Um, so we're renting out the pool, 6.30 to 8.30, uh, July 25th. Anything else? Oh, blood drive. Uh, we have a blood drive, Tuesday, July 26th. So the next day, uh, 3 to 7 is it? Yeah, downstairs in the cafeteria. Uh, so that's a good opportunity to serve the community. All kinds of things. Um, if you want to get involved here at church, if you want to serve beyond just VBS this week or uh, giving blood, we have all kinds of opportunities. You can uh, help in the back with the kids. Uh, we have people that we need help upstairs. Uh, if you don't think it sounds good enough, you can come take my job. Um, we have people that make food for our Sundays, uh, meals when we have those. Um, we have worship team. So we have all kinds of things that you can, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable speaking or you're not comfortable doing something, um, there is more than one way to serve. So talk to the, or get a connection card and get signed up. Oh, if you want to get text, we have a lot of announcements. If you want to get text, uh, text HCF to 845 Seven six, um, and that's going to send you updates. I think Sean told me this week that he's sending out the first wave of those updates potentially today or to, yes. Did you guys get them? All right. So um, they do work, and you are getting messages. So if you want to get reminded, I think VBS was reminded, and something else. Um, so if you want to stay connected, know what's going on, and not just rely on listening to me or Sean tell you the announcements. Um, text that. You can read instead of listen. That's even better. All right. Bible study groups. Uh, Hogan and, and company. Um, that is going to be July 22nd is our next one. Um, they are back here in the uh, underneath the coffee area over here. Um, we have lots of, uh, I think he had a pretty good turnout last week. So uh, July 22nd is the next one and just be looking out for those dates. Uh, read up. I believe he told you what to read, but I'm not sure what it is at the moment. So ask Hogan next Sunday. He'll probably tell you. All right. So um, I'm going to ask Brother Jeff to come and pray us out, and we can get out of here. But don't forget, when you leave, grab a thing, buy some food, bring it back. Okay? That would be awesome. Okay, I'm going to pray you out. I've never done that before, but I'll give it a try, okay? 
Let's bow. Let's stand and we'll pray. It's a challenging message this morning. I I'm taking it to heart. I pray that all of us will. Uh, you know, we live in a time where it's difficult. You see things and you want to talk about it. Talk about it from a worldly standpoint, you know. But God help us to see. You know, God spoke and built the world. Maybe I believe he's called us to speak and build his kingdom. And so let's just think about that. Father, thank you for the challenge we received this morning, Lord. I, I do appreciate the, the worship team and all the, the, the message that was delivered through the worship this morning, Joey and all the folks that came, Lord God. We thank you for them. And we ask your blessing on us now, Father, as we go from this place. Help us to be mindful of you in our actions, mindful of you in our words, Lord God. Lord, we want to build your kingdom. We want to tear it down, Lord God. We want to build it by speaking to the truth in love, Lord God. And I ask you to give us grace in doing that, Lord God, as we go from this place. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. said their son Jesse had a seizure and they found out that it's a tumor or, or a mass on the brain. So he's going to have surgery Wednesday. I think she said around 10 o'clock and there's, they're go, they don't know whether it's a tumor or if it's a, a what do you call it? Abscess. So pray for them. Uh, they've been through a lot with Ernie's stroke and uh, Mary Jo's cancer that she had. So pray for them both. Thank you.